Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 226, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. 3-2-22, which, you know, it of course means that it's Ash Wednesday? Is that it's, where we're going to go with? I mean, yeah, for, for all the, the, <laughs> the God-fearing folk who... Uh, like me, when I wasn't really even Christian, was like, I will give up weed so I can get my uh, biology grade up from a D to something passable. And that didn't work. It turns out you just need to study, uh, not ah. give up weed for 40 days. Also, where my ash heads at? Where all my ash heads at? <laughs> Yo, That's exactly. right. Uh, National Banana Cream Pie Day and National Old Stuff Day. So us, we're old National stuff. Old stuff. Damn. Yeah. Thought they would have notified me before this. That's kind of it my... says it, National Old Stuff Day gives notice to all that old stuff. Wait, what? And encourages you to, to try something new. Well, maybe not all. The, what? I don't even know what that means. So stop listening to this podcast. You're listening to a podcast hosted and co-hosted by old and very old stuff. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Old stuff you should know is what we actually call this show. <laughs> <laughs> they say you can do things like this. Approach the day with a new attitude. Try making a new choice when available. Use an old item for a new use. This is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. We got, you know what, dude? We need to, because we've been doing this for a minute. I think we need to collectively as a podcast with Zeit Gang figure out what day we want to put on the fucking calendar so it can show up on this website. Because we know it's very easy. Make one up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Zeit Gang, we're the... The phone lines are open. Let us know what national day we should be honoring. Exactly. And it we can't tie it to specifically this show. You know what I mean? Like it's something it has to be broad, but people right. are gonna figure out we were behind it. Like like national know. doesn't know what to do with his hands day or right. some shit. Like oh, Yeah. National, like, damn can I get my hairline from two thousand two back day? <laughs> <laughs> Where people know if you know, you know. All right. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jackie, are you hungry? Would you tell us? Are you hungry? That's the sound of my family who lives in Philly. Calling my name, Jackie. Come down and buy a hoagie. Top with sliced meat. Super cheesy. Is what I heard my cousins proclaim. Tummy rumbled. Because that's my name. Jackie, are you hungry? Jackie, are you hungry? Are you hungry, Jackie? You've been hit by, you've been struck by a fast food commercial. That is courtesy oh. of Rumham McDuck talking about how that old Jack in the Box ad completely nailed my cousins. And yeah, and I am hungry. Thank you for asking. I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Papa Jones got me, sold me gifts and highlight clips and got me to buy his NFTs. Feel like a damn fool. Where did my crypto go? He got my 15000 Okay, shout out to Christy Yamaguchi Main wow. at Waffle House for that Mr. Jones-inspired AKA. Papa Jones. Papa Look him Jones. up if you don't know. One of the largest humans I've ever encountered in person. And just a, a great name, great man, and uh, one of Miles' favorite obscure NBA refs uh, <laughs> references. Well, Miles, yeah, 
We are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the super producer of this damn podcast and many others all the way from the beautiful streets of Brooklyn. It's the brilliant, the talented super producer, Becca Roma! Becca! Oh, hello. Oh, how the tables have turned, the turntables oh, yes. in yes. the guest seat today. Yeah, I mean, last second, uh, doing, <laughs> you know, a truly heroic, stepping up, showing courage, having to come up with an overrated, underrated, and search history in yeah. a matter of moments. Also, you know, I think pretty thoroughly held it down on the trending episodes. You know what? This <laughs> yeah. just get them on mic. Yeah. You know, I just love to talk about pop culture. That's what I love about trends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, like whatever right, bullshit pop culture thing that's at the top of my mind, I get to say and, it. So. And we appreciate it because you drag us uh, into 2022 also. You're like, okay, <laughs> here's the Gen Z rap for this week mm-hmm. on TikTok. And I'm like, this guy's so good. <laughs> yeah, that one was really good. <laughs> the past ones, because I started looking at that channel, pretty, I mean, the command of like the, like that person, they have flow. 100%. They have flow. Yeah. And also like they're, they made me feel really old because I'm like that child looks 16 and he just. What's the is, at for people? What's their handle so people can find that? Great question. Let me dig into our group chat. Well, while you do that, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about and then. We'll we'll come back, find out that handle, and find out a little bit more about you. One of the things we're talking about is just the impossibility of following the war in Ukraine, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and you know, or any war really. It's it's the the propaganda mills going to overdrive. But I'm just seeing a lot of people. I'm having a lot of people quote myths to me, and so I just just wanted to kind of give a run through, talk about the state of that because that I do feel like that is one of the things. One of the parts of this experience of the past week or so is just it's it's really hard to tell what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. I found the handle. OK, hit us. It is Mr. Grande official. Yes, that's Mr. Grande official. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mikey Angelo. Yeah. yeah. And that's based on Starbucks order. Their favorite Starbucks <laughs> order, I believe. <laughs> That's cool dad joke. Wow. Hey. Wow, this guy's got a grande, huh? <laughs> hey, here, Mr. Grande over here. Am I right? It's actually, a What? Panty. You mean just I ordered a medium at Starbucks? <laughs> okay. Jim Coater or Jim Teacher insults. We got Ariana Grande over here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, boy. We're, we're going to talk about why we want to fuck all these leaders during a crisis. Are we too horny for Zelensky? It happened again. It happened again. I hate it. Mueller, Cuomo, Fauci, Zelensky. We just we want to fuck fuck them, folks. We just we just all want to have sex with them. No, we're we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a meme that continues to bubble. All of that we will also check in on the just blatant racism that we're seeing in the coverage of the invasion of Ukraine. All of that, plenty more. But first, Becca Ramos, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? I just pulled this up and it is Allianz Travel Insurance, which I really thought it was called Alliance Travel Insurance, but I do not have a good history of reading things properly. So mm-hmm. when I was on the phone with them, they said it's Allianz. 
But I am going. Wait, they corrected Allianz. you? No, no, no. They, you know, the phone lines oh. is like, Allianz Travel Insurance. Okay, I thought hold. they were like, hold on, uh, miss, no. I don't know what you're saying. Are you <laughs> trying like, to get a hold me, of it's Allianz? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> no, you were saying no, no. something else. Okay. No, the Go. man was really nice. Andrew was a king. He really helped me with all my insurance questions. But I'm going to Peru on Sunday for a week or two, uh, do a little work from Peru trip with my partner what? as he gets what some stuff settled in Peru. And uh, I needed to get us travel insurance in case we get COVID or some other weird stuff. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> in case anything reality. happens, I don't want to pay $50,000 in medical fees. No, no, no. No one wants that. What are you, someone in America just getting <laughs> Exactly. Sick? Come on It's now. like my own insurance doesn't cover things, let alone can't imagine in a foreign country. So I right, was right, like, right. should we get travel insurance? And he was like, uh, and I was like, I'm going to get travel insurance. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the response that means you are wrong and I'm right. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I think, man, this, oh, wait, uh, Peru, what part of Peru are you going to? We're going to Lima. And then I think we're yeah. going to spend a couple of days in Cusco, okay. uh, Machu Picchu. Oh. So, damn, okay. you're going to do the hike? It's uh, uh, questionable. That's a whole um, ride, isn't it? That's like a work. Like you can't, yeah, you that, can't half-ass that. I have. I got all my shots, y'all. It took a long time. It was like I had to run around New York City at the three different doctors' office because your insurance only takes it here, and like a lot of travel doctors don't take insurance, and it was a whole thing. But I got my typhoid vaccine. I like re-upped on that tetanus. She should be good to go. I got the anti-elevation meds, the uh, anti-diuretic. Anti-elevation meds, damn. Yeah, because they say you need that for Cusco. Yeah, Yeah. so. Right, that makes sense. But it was a lot. I was, of course, all things that my partner did not think about. He was just like, no, I'm from Peru. Like, why do you have to worry about any of these things? Uh, I'm "I'm good, thanks. And I'm like, "Mm." I love Peruvian food, too. And you were like, shot, 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 (laughs) shot. I'm like, give me those shots. Can you just send all the food pictures, like of ceviche or a papa, or huancaina? I just, Absolutely. Love, I just love the potatoes because isn't that where we got potatoes? Isn't that part of the Colombian exchange? Like we got Big potatoes Yuka from Peru. Place, yeah. So I mean, my world domination colonial history is bad, but I'd assume, sure, yeah, <laughs> they're big <laughs> on yuca over there. Yeah, <laughs> mm. and their ceviche is made with white fish versus, um, I think typically at least in Mexico it's shellfish. So excited about that because I'm allergic yeah. to shellfish. So is the uh, anti like altitude sickness medication, is that like over the counter? Did you just pick that up or you had to get a prescription? So that was a part of the conundrum nightmare is that I I had to go to a travel doctor, pay a consultation fee from this travel doctor. So I had to pay out of pocket $175 just to be seen by the doctor. And then I had Mm. to pay for each shot, which the shot was I think like a hundred something dollars for the typhoid shot. It's like almost $200 for a yellow fever shot. And then they can prescribe you, because they are a doctor, the anti-diuretic medicine. So they just prescribe me an antibiotic. And then the mm. anti-elevation medicine, I think, does have to be prescription. You can't get that over the counter. You can get, like, non-drowsy, like, Dramamine for certain things. But for, like, severe elevation, there's, like, yeah. rules. You have to take it, like, a couple days before you start. It's a whole thing. But, yeah, you have to go to a travel doctor specifically because I called my actual right. doctor because I pay for insurance. 
And they were like, oh, simply no. We cannot. (laughs) You idiot. They're like, you idiot. You want to get a typhoid vaccine at your hospital that you pay insurance money to go see? No, no, no. You got to go to travel doctor. Goodbye. You got to go to the shop bar. (laughs) And you got to pay them different money. But now that I've been to this doctor, I can go back and I only have to pay $75 for a clinic visit versus the $175 for the initial consultation fee. The American healthcare system is broken. I think it's perfect. I think they're nailing it. <laughs> they're maximizing profits. I had never heard of travel doctor before. I'd never like that as a profession. Like, what is- Yeah, I I don't know if this is some New York stuff, but I don't know. I, I've also only left the country one other time. I've been to Puerto Rico a number of times, but I've been to Panama for work back in 2018. But we stayed in Panama City, so I didn't really have to get any vaccines for that. And it was like in a resort. Thing. It was just a very beautiful, I can't believe it was a work trip. It was basically a vacation. But they also, that job paid me no money. So, you know, <laughs> comes and goes. <laughs> Got an all expense paid, beautiful trip to Panama, but I was getting paid pennies to work 80 hours a week. So, hmm. Well, I'm going to Guatemala. I will be uh, hiking a, a volcano and I will be getting anti-elevation. Wait, you going to Guatemala? Yeah. Is that where you're going? Yeah, then to Probably. March. Yeah, man. So Zeitgang, hit me up. Let me know. Your your actual doctor might be able to give you that anti-elevation medicine, though. You might not have to go. It might be in some New York shit that they make you do this like whole separate travel man, doctor. Just take, just take CBD, bro. <laughs> well, my partner bro. was like, you're just going to drink this tea, this special tea. And I was like, what? And then I Google it. And like uh, the American healthcare, it's like banned in the United States. Like you're not allowed to have this tea, but that might be on some, you know, racist stuff. Who knows? Well, there's a but, lot of stuff that they're like, it's too effective. And then that affects our ability to put it a prescription paywall. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. That's a conspiracy I'm starting to track loosely <laughs> in my mind is how much stuff is being held back and whether people are being actually taken out in favor of pharmaceutical profits because. Yeah, I've I've heard some wild shit about, you know, the not from my wife, who is a physician, <laughs> but from other people. Alex about, Jones, right? Al, yeah, it's yeah. this guy, a uh, friend of mine. You've heard of him. Oh, you've met yeah, him. Yeah. I keep telling you, <laughs> stop listening to that. <laughs> yeah, more anecdotal stuff, but about like people who were researchers into like a HIV cure. And then that like they had to have security because other people who do research into HIV medication and had like breakthrough shit like disappeared or died unfortunate deaths and I believe it because I saw The Fugitive when I was a kid so I (laughs) I know how that shit goes what it Fugitive explains it all (laughs) what is something you think is overrated Becca oh my gosh okay controversial but also a quick thing it's like I have a lot of hot takes but I don't know why I was so stumped coming up with an overrated but I'm gonna put it out there bars. Mm -hmm. I think bars are overrated, especially post-COVID. You know, I don't want to be crammed up in a room with a bunch of people I don't know breathing their air to drink $20 cocktails. Why? You know, (laughs) I don't like to drink that much. I really just enjoy intimate friend time. And I would rather have like eight people over sharing some like snacks and bottles of wine. My friend Viv always loves the host. She always has people over. Like every other weekend, I swear I go over there and we all just like hang out. We drink wine. We have snacks. And it's like such a lovely time. And what are your snacks? I, we, What's your well, snack spread? 
Viv is quite a host. So she will like either get stuff from like the Chinese market. We'll have like a oh. hot pot day one day we did. Okay. You know, usually just like some cheeses, some okay. meats, popcorn. Wait, so are the bars, what's the bar situation in New York now? Is it fully back to mask off, do your thing? We're back. Yeah. It's 2019. I mean, yeah. I know that technically the policy is that you don't need vaccine cards anymore to get into places but i still haven't like every time i've gone i've still had to like use my vaccine card so they're still like requiring it most places because it is like up to you but like legally they don't have to anymore a lot of them are still requiring vaccine cards but it's just like new york's a small place or i mean it's a big place but like this the spacing is you're on top of each other you're on top of each other so it's just like what's the point in like just like going yeah we're all vaccinated but we're all like the second we get in masks off or drinking like we're on top of each other it's like hot and sweaty and then it's cold outside and <laughs> i just like don't i'd rather just stay at home and hang and you can't hear anybody everyone's yelling sometimes the music is bad i understand the allure of an outdoor bar experience in the summer like that's a part of summer yeah but mm-hmm. outside of that i'm good i don't really even well, if like it's cold a, we haven't like we don't have a good I mean, it's not that it gets cold in L.A., but I get like in the winters in New York, it's cold. And you're like, how how can you even arrive at a thing that you can do outdoors yeah. in the cold? It's just not. Well, and also just like traveling outside in the cold like that, because it's like, OK, like I have to take the train into the city or take the train in Brooklyn to go to Williamsburg or the bus or whatever. And then I got to like arrive with my coat and then it's warm in there because it's cold outside. So they have the heat on in there and you're taking you. everything off. Whereas I could just mm-hmm. go to my friend's house and <laughs> like the food is better. My friends have great exactly. wine selections. The wine is better. Put your coat on their bed instead of like have it dragging and like. No, we got really weird, nice coat like... racks. Okay. We've invested oh, in nice shit. coat racks. Okay. All right. And... I was I was going back to my time in New York when <laughs> my friend's furniture was like a box spring, <laughs> a, <laughs> a mattress and uh you know, the box that they brought some of their shit in with just overturned. <laughs> so, As a side table. Yeah, side table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the music is really crucial to me. I feel like that was the difference for me between a place I would like to be and a place that, like, yeah, like the, the outdoor setting, like one of the key components of that is that there's not music, like, blaring and like there's a there's a piece of received wisdom in the bar and like spirits and restaurant community that like if you play loud music people drink more they drink faster which makes sense because there's not like you don't get distracted by conversation i guess or it's like the thing to do or it makes it feel like you're at a dance right like and you're back as a teenager and you're awkward but you have alcohol now <laughs> And right. pump you like, yeah, man, hold on. Let me just down this whole fucking drink so I can say one sentence to you, which is, damn, it's loud in here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a first date at a bar is never a good choice. Like you just oh, like, no. you can't really hear them. And you're like, okay, well, I guess it's like you can bump it to the music a little bit. But right. usually you're like sitting down and it's just, it's just weird. Also, it's... we have like, you know, there's like kinds of bars too. Like in LA and New York, there's there's like bars that are just full on scenes, right? Like you know, yeah. it's a scene. You know what the scene is at that bar. It's a very specific way of getting down or way people dress, etc. And then my favorite is like the mo- just a diverse neighborhood bar where you're like, bro, it looks like everybody who lives around here just comes in here to like have a drink. That right. energy is much more, I feel like, in welcoming than the kind when it's like. 
you know, hypebeast city and everybody's like, yeah. And a lot of the Manhattan bars are the scene. And then a lot of the Brooklyn bars are like, oh, we all just hang out. And I like it. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm spending like 80 bucks to drink, what, three, four glasses of wine when I can like buy a $14 bottle of wine at home. There you go. And Mm. an $8 block of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I think more bars should try, blaring podcasts, specifically this (laughs) podcast (laughs) in their bar. Let the people know. You could just do a great a compilation on, of all the AKAs. I mean, I'm sure that yeah. <laughs> the one that the smooth criminal one I just did is going to hit the charts at some point. Totally. It won't get hit with a cease and desist or not. <laughs> what is something, <laughs> Becca, you think is underrated? Okay. Sunflower butter. All right. I love this shit. It is so good. I someone who has a tree nut allergy okay so i've never been a nut butter girl i can't have nut butters oh. i am not allergic to peanut butter and controversial i hate it i just i've never liked it i've you tried really it? hard it is not for me i i want to like peanut butter so i can be like everybody else and i just i can't okay. when i discover right. sunflower butter my life changed i was like oh is this how people feel about peanut butter because sunflower butter is it it is so good i get the one from trader joe's I put my partner onto it. He's like, oh, my God, this shit is, is like, so good. Oh, you're saying it's just ground up sunflower kernels. Yeah, it's like peanut it butter. Paste it's butter. peanut butter made out of sun- sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds. I, I mean, I love I love the taste of sunflower seeds. Yeah. So and, I, they, I and they make it in a nut butter-like like form. Yeah. And you put it on everything. It's great. I can't get my kids to, because they're not allowed to have tree nuts at school because of mm. allergies. Because of the woke sky. Yeah, because fucking woke sky. These millennials are always. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what that's reference to, you can listen to yesterday's episode. Some beat poetry from the MAGA, right? But yeah, they just like they don't get on board with it. And we're we're a big peanut butter family, or at least I'm a big peanut butter. I eat peanut butter toast with an apple every morning. That's my go-to breakfast. Yeah. I love a sunflower. Like, I'll toast some sourdough bread, spread some sunflower butter, put a little bit of, like, blackberry jam on it. Yeah. Oh, so Perfection. good. Perfection. Yeah, so yeah. What was happening when we were kids and they were not saying we can't bring that shit? Because I remember there was a kid in my class they just let who had kids a peanut die. allergy. <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, man, just don't make sure you don't eat the Reese's Cups when they come around. That was kind of like the way we, we handled it. But I'm curious. I, I get that there must have been a lot to the point where more people were like, no, you actually have to consider these allergies because they can be like terribly. Uh, well, and they can be so like I actually didn't develop my nut allergies until I was an adult. Like I used to love almonds and stuff as a kid. And then like I was in college and I had a pretty bad allergic reaction and I got tested. And they're like, oh, you're now allergic to nuts, even though your whole life you weren't. Um, right. Congratulations. <laughs> you're Congratulations, now allergic you... to nuts. You can't eat so many things now uh, that you used to. But when I was like little, I was a Girl Scout. And so there were kids in my Girl Scout troop that like my mom had to be very deliberate about the snacks. Could eat those tagalongs. Like, yeah. Well, she was just like, like th- there was a girl in my troop who had like all this like a list that she would like give the parents and be like, you cannot have these things around my child or she will die. Like, like, here's her EpiPen. She will die if you are near any of these things. And mom was like, thank God, you did not have these allergies when you were a kid because I would have killed you. I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you would be living, you would have been raised by a different family. You would have yeah, been like, said who your parents actually were. She's like, I don't know. Like, I would have killed you. I don't know what would have happened if you had these allergies. She's like, today, I'm glad you can manage it. You're an adult. But had right. these happen when you were little, I don't not know. Too much. 
Yeah. The I I, I have to imagine it's just like you know p- enough su- schools got sued that like right. they're the lawyers that represent schools were just like no we need like an official policy to prevent this shit from happening and it's really like a really small good, right? thing like it's not that big a it's not that big a deal would you say like airplanes have to do yeah it? i feel like you don't get peanuts on airplanes anymore it you took don't a long but they also like don't tell out, you though. you're not allowed to like bring on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right yeah. is what they do at schools so gotcha well they're like hey we can't be held responsible for that you know some right. other wildest person came in right but ah. Anyways, love a good law legal triangulation from a company or a large <laughs> corporate <laughs> entity. It's like we can okay, we can get a like four deaths. Yeah, yeah. All right, four, and then that's it. Then it starts hurting the bottom line. I'm gonna give sunflower butter another shot, and I'm going to try the Trader Joe's because the brands that I've been having up to this point aren't salty enough, in my opinion. Like mm. compared to how I like my peanut butter. Just the Trader Joe's, I think there's one at Trader Joe's that is pretty salty. And then on top of that, they have these like sunflower butter cups, like like peanut butter cups. They're made with dark chocolate. Oh. They got like oh, a that's how you cute started, little Jack. bag of them. Yeah. Because yeah. they got like the yeah. little ones. So like you don't have to give your kid like a giant, like they have like little size ones. Like a little we're, snack We're bag. thinking like Mad Men now. We're like, get them started on the fucking chocolate <laughs> yeah. covered ones. There it then is. you stealth the Trojan horse that shit. Then it's in the sandwiches. They won't fucking know. But when you don't have a PB&J or like a, you know, sunflower butter and jelly sandwich as an option, lunch, making lunch is a lot harder. It's hard. Because <laughs> they also don't like like cold cuts or any shit like that. So it's just. I used to oh, eat no. loose, loose salami. <laughs> that's what I would eat all the time. A lunch bowl, in, in if school. you will. Yeah, yeah. But my mom wasn't fucking with that. She's like, "Yo, here's some loose salami." And then half the time, <laughs> I would just eat at the cafeteria because, like, I did not like. I was not one of the kids who was like, "Everybody else has this." I was like, "Yo, that shit tastes like fucking nonsense." I'm like, "I, don't, <laughs> I want some food." Mm. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. I just had a sense memory of like some of the I, I was so happy anytime I got a pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my lunch because what like the turkey sandwich with mayo and cheese that's like been in a warm backpack yeah. all morning and like just having to like force that shit down because you're so hungry. Oh, and like the cheese is sweating. Yeah, the cheese is sweating. The turkey feels like it's got like that little bit of hint of like. This this isn't bad yet, but it wants to be. It's like it wants to <laughs> go in that direction. You gave, My like, mom was like a superhero hours. mom, though. She like she like had the ice packs lined up on the lunch kit, and she's like oh, make our shit. lunches every morning, so it was like really fresh. And you know, I gotta like shout those TikTok out to... videos we see now when you're like, oh, not that's that a crazy lunch. But I mean, my no, mom but I mean like, but did work. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's a step above shit in a shopping bag. Yes, yes, yes. Like, she made it a point that was like, okay, we're going to, like, cut the crust off and, like, do the whole thing. And, you know, I, I, looking back, I really appreciate how much effort my mom put in, especially because she went to school every morning with us going to work. She was a teacher or is retired. So Did y'all ever have that thing where you had a friend who had always the, like, better lunch than everyone else? And you're like, hey, man, you think I could get one of those? (laughs) I had a friend who had a chaotic lunch where it was just like, oh, your mom doesn't have time for you in the morning huh because it was like right. cosmo brownies like pop tarts and then like a uh capri WD-40. sun oh. yeah <laughs> like, and it know, was just it was rough mechanical lubricant so feeding your child juice 
today, like on a regular basis, is like at least by my wife, and it might be <laughs> just because I love that Becca still still appreciates the, the my wife. Uh, like it might be just because she is a little bit more like she was raised in a household where fruit was the was the sweetest thing that you possibly got. Mm. But I did not have a single lunch that didn't have juice or so, something of that nature in it. And like I feel like that is considered child abuse. To, like these days, oh, yeah, like people like, up with like three Capri Suns. Oh, juice is like, but you, you might as well like just give them diabetes. Okay, well, you might. How about this? Me, a child who was raised on three Capri Suns a day, I will fight your child right now, and we'll see who ended up better. <laughs> I have made that offer. Uh, my wife says that would be actual child abuse. In a way, if someone said that, I'm like, oh, you calling my mom fucking reckless? Because right. now it's a problem. Yeah. Now it's a problem. I was fine if you just say generally juice is bad, but you're trying to say I was living wrong? No. <laughs> I mean, two-thirds of the things that Becca cited as her friend with the mom who, like, <laughs> didn't give a fuck were in my lunch on a regular basis. So. Well, it was the fact that there was no sandwich. It was like, it was like right. oh, there's yeah, only yeah. Cosmo yeah. brownies, Capri Sun, and, like, sugar. Like, they're and, in like a Pop-Tart. peanut butter, there's, uh, There's no protein. Yeah. There's not I will even say that. I was, yeah, I was on the healthier <laughs> side. Like, my, the other kids in my school were, like, I think this has been a generational thing. It's not that my parents were fucking up. It was that, like, like, no, things have gotten better. Friends, yeah. yeah, it was like Lunchables, school lunch, which was just like like shitty pizza every day. Or you like had parents who like made a sandwich and, you know, yeah. did, did that. I mostly ate at the cafeteria. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. The, a story I'm seeing a lot recently is like this is the first social media war comparing like who's winning the propaganda war in this social media age i think russia has been given a lot of credit or like people were like that they're gonna just fill social media with all this pro russia propaganda but it seems like they're not actually succeeding i saw a long thread from somebody who's like kind of watching social media in inside russia and it was kind of like yeah you got like some people who are real jingoist and like oh we're gonna kill those western dogs but like for the most part the stuff that is actual everyday people is people either you know just posting like a broken heart emoji or people just complaining about like how it's fucking up their bag essentially like how right or yeah and even influencers are like just kind of being very direct and we're like, no, we can't have war with Russia. And you're like, oh, that's that's a take. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah. the first social media war is, you know, and we talked about how kind of surreal it is to watch it unfold like that. But I mean, to be fair, there's there's plenty of war zone footage that's been on social media. I think, again, sort of part goes back to the media's sort of increased empathy for what's happening in ukraine has like algorithmically elevated a lot of that footage because there have been plenty of places where people have cell phones and have documented terrible shit happening but so because there is this increased attention i'm i'm hearing people quote stories that are not actual facts uh or you know people getting out in front of stories that then turn out to like not really be true there's obviously a bunch of this shit from the Russian side. There's like a video of soldiers dancing together 
And they were like, this is actually what it looks like. Ukrainian soldiers and Russian soldiers like on the same side. That's this crazy. Is a war about <laughs> like weeding out the deep state, basically just claiming that, you know, they, it's wild. Like the one the one story that I saw that I was like, oh, I should fact check this one because this feels like something that wouldn't necessarily be true was <laughs> Russian TV, like the state TV propaganda stations are posting a lot of Tucker Carlson, like translating him and being like, see, he says exactly what we say. So he is a literal tool of Putin's regime. Mm. But then, you know, there are these stories like there's the ghost of Kiev fighter pilot Ace, who's like shot down five Russian fighter jets over Ukraine and like videos posted that claimed to show him shooting down a Russian fighter jet. And like those people went back and searched those videos. They're actually and this this was kind of wild to me. The it's actually footage from a 2008 flight simulator video game. Hmm. So like we've been at a point where someone can like make something completely fabricated at, in a video game and it would fool you into thinking you're watching actual footage from a war since 2008. So that's just right. like kind of puts in perspective like how easy this shit is to like just make something that is going to fool a lot of people. There's also the Snake Island soldiers who I I think did tell that Russian warship go fuck yourself and then yeah. the island was blown up, but it's been reported that they're alive and being held as POWs by Russia. I would like not that like this doesn't change anything about, you know, how you should feel about Russia waging a completely offensive, unnecessary invasion or anything like that. There's no justification for it. But this just feels like it's it, first of all, the, the reality is messier than what we're seeing in these videos. And we're going to get to Zelensky in a second and like the kind of creating a central, you know, Luke Skywalker, like heroic figure versus the central Darth Vader, like bad guy figure. But just in terms of like what you're seeing on the ground, it 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 just feels like that having these like myths come out that you then quote someone like and then if they are correctly like, actually, that's not a true story. Then you feel like an asshole. Then you're like, where do I stand on this? Like, I, it, it's right. just it, it, it's messy. You know, it's it's a war is messy social media and like what what is reality even on social media is messy but i just i just think like you know any anything that is making it easier for people to tell themselves a heroic narrative on one side or the other that is based on a lie is probably in the long term like harmful because it you know ch it turns what is a just massive ball of like senseless, chaotic, confusing death of many innocent people into something that is that we can like make sense of and get behind and get excited about. Right. You know, because it I mean, it, in a way, it sort of helps us project our own like media informed concept of war. Yeah. Like onto this conflict, which is like all the movies and shit propaganda you've been fed through like you know the depiction of glorified soldiers warrior types in film and you're able to find like these parallels to be like 
oh, these guys are like, you know, they gave their lives heroically. Not just, and again, like you're saying, it doesn't diminish what they were, you know, what they were feeling and that they're defending their own country. But it, it also like for just the person who's observing this kind of disconnects you from the true horror of what it is. It's not like a bunch of like, we're going to have a stiff upper lip and just face whatever comes at us. It's, I mean, it is that, but it's also complete. It's, it's just total chaos. And it's not the, it's not as sort of neatly packed into the protagonists and antagonists that we kind of like need for our like sort of like narrative obsessed mind. Yeah. Like I, I still want to follow the day to day because I want the Ukrainian people to be okay and to like hit the one in a million slingshot that kills Goliath. But like that, even that is a fictional narrative. Like we tell ourselves to make sense of evil, senseless death and violence. And those narratives like help to ensure that war keeps happening into the future. And I I guess the, the reason I think this is important is just because you know, as social media and as our ability to create like deep fakes and a video game that fools me into thinking I'm watching an actual like aerial battle, like as that becomes more advanced, like I will, I am hoping that doesn't mean that like I, I feel like we have been on a trajectory from like World War One where that was a war with like German children being led off to an almost literal like meat grinder with visions of heroism filling their heads it was just like you know a handful of people who were like moving chips around on a board and then massive groups of people because they were fooled by you know nostalgia and like this sense of heroism were just killed senselessly and brutally like up through vietnam where start like these images from what war that were actually more honest depictions of what war is like started leaking through in real time or at least real like more up to date than we got from world war ii and people start turning on war a little bit and now we you know for the past two decades i feel like we were in a weird uh like thing where the media just ignored that there were wars happening and that americans were doing the things and I, I don't know. I, I'm just hoping that this the the fact that social media is completely full of shit doesn't send us back in that in that direction, the direction of like World War One. Well, I think at on some level, it's clear people have, I mean, at least for this conflict, less of an appetite. But again, I think it's just part of this like larger thing where if if you are against if you're actually about people being able to maintain their sovereignty and not have foreign invaders enter with and do military campaigns then the challenge is for people to be able to apply that same standard to every single thing on the planet right yeah i was gonna say that is kind of what i was thinking about of like i feel like we've been in a constant state of war even though america like the united states has not had you know war inflicted on us in you know very rarely in our history but we have been a perpetuator of war for ever and it does feel like we're just in this constant state of you know aggression and military invasion and like to me this you know invasion of ukraine from russia i'm like will it stop though it's like i i i just have a hard time seeing what happens with lots of other countries constantly that it's not going to have this romantic end that I feel like we have been taught in history books of, like you're saying, Jack, like this triumph of like 
And then the Allied powers got together and like World War II was over and we lived in peace times. Like to me, I just don't I have a hard time believing, especially with the amount of technology and military industrial complex has been built up that it's just going to like all of a sudden Russia's going to retreat and like, boom, you know, well, war's right. done. I think that's why, you know, many, you know, that's why I say they're, the only war is class war. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like you're like, Jack, you're talking about people are just moving shit around on a map. Because they have, they are part of the class of people who can make those decisions. But the ones who live with it, the ones who go to the meat grinder are of a completely different class, of a lower class, who are just fighting the vested interests of people who aren't, at the end of the day, willing to do what's in their best interest. And I think that's why it's going to be difficult to move to another phase of, you know, our civilization until, you know, because it's clear people don't want to go to war. You know, but when they have leaders that have other aims, it's very easy to use nationalism and this us versus them mentality to begin to get people like in line with someone else's aims that aren't always necessarily what's the best for the people. And that's one thing to defend your home. But it's another like you're seeing many of these like Russian soldiers say, like, we thought we were doing exercises and suddenly we were crossing into a border and a lot of you know a lot of people point to that as like why the morale is so low mm-hmm. especially for like the russian military because even the soldiers like what is what is this for or about yeah and then there's so let, let's talk a little bit about how we all want to fuck uh, Zelensky. <laughs> okay me first like just he, like a detailed kind of description of how you he see is it like, going down oh yeah well, I mean, look, he's like hot Rick Moranis, okay? No. I'm like really into this guy, and he's so handsome, and he's such a hero. The, the okay, <laughs> jokes aside, the inevitable uh, horny, horniness of the internet has emerged again. There was a tweet like on Monday that said something that's like, uh, that was basically saying like, okay, look, many people are in love with President Zelensky now, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it was sort of like this I thing of like, I hate that clickbait. I've type. seen this. Yeah. Ooh. We saw this with but big old Big Daddy Muller. We saw with the Cuomo sexuals. We saw with the people who were like, Fauci can give me a jab anytime or whatever the weird shit people were saying about <laughs> Dr. Fauci. And now it's it weird of you to directly quote me for that one. Like, the, <laughs> I, I, found that a I think, did you say that yesterday or something? Yeah, but it's like, all right, man. Well, Fine. look, whatever. I remember. But like, you know, those first three guys, they were basically like sort of these sexualized manifestations of people's like hope that we could be out of the pandemic or, you know, out of the corruption of like the Trump administration. And then I guess Zelensky is now the face of like standing up in the face of adversity porn. And people are just completely distilled like what they seem like he's so brave into I'm I love him because now you have all these fan cams coming up of just, you know, the very jam packed montages of him looking pretty and like people putting like heart emojis and shit over it. But it just shows this like really weird way again that we people have to compartmentalize to like actually confront the horrible part of what's happening, which again, as we just said, people needlessly dying and being displaced. But it's like easier to be like, well, this guy He's trying to do something right. And now I'm let's let's all start making memes and saying we we love him. I don't know. It's a, just it's I don't know if it's like because we've overemphasized this idea of like a singular hero in our culture. And now, like, we're always just looking to, like, project that or maybe we're too horny. I don't know. <laughs> 
Or are you going to say something? Okay. No, I, I I don't have words. I just have to say the Cuomo section one aged so poorly because I remember the rise <laughs> yeah. and fall of that. Uh, just thinking about this all in context, because being in New York City during the height of the pandemic, I moved here January 2020. I stayed throughout the whole pandemic. There was like even Instagram accounts like being created that were called like Cuomo sexual. And it was just like images of him doing his little press conferences every day. And then like for everything to have happened with uh, the sexual assault scandal that came to fruition by the end of it is crazy. But Right. I I don't know what is up with this horniness in our culture for wanting to fuck world leaders doing their job, question mark. Like, right. I, I think it kind of goes in that narrative where we put politicians and things on a pedestal being like, I mean, almost on the opposite end. Like, this is like the you know better of the evils versus like the people who glorified Trump. It's like and they're questioning us for not being like, oh, my God, like Biden's not your God. And it's like, well, he's an elected official that I put in the office and have every, you know, ability to hold him accountable for the things he said he'd do. I feel like this kind of falls into that, like, almost the left spectrum of like, oh, my God, they're doing a good job. Yes, love. And it's yeah. right, right, right. No, I mean, that's it, they all seem that. I mean, I guess, yeah, people thirst over Trump in weird ways, too. But yeah. it's typically born out of, yeah, like the center left media sphere. Oh, my God. When the. Like, news starts hitting about what he's been doing for the past year and a half since he's been in office, like, probably during his next term. That's, oof. Yeah, it, I think it's interesting, right? Because, like, the, I guess it, it raises the question. I think Zelensky is the one that makes the most sense of the list that we've given because the shit yeah. he's doing is actually heroic in a way that would remind you of, like, someone in a movie top with like vibes. a hot lead yeah that people think is attractive the Mueller reveal by the way is just one of the all-time moments when he finally spoke we finally got to hear him speak and he was like what <laughs> yes. what did you say hello who's ronald dump <laughs> what it just oh, fuck. seemed so old and his voice was reedy and high yeah and everybody had been like Oh, picture and talk like Batman. <laughs> yeah. And Cuomo, a less fun reveal, but nonetheless like a real rug pull for It was people fun on the way up for and then a real crash. Yeah. <laughs> the height was does he have nipple rings or not? <laughs> right. You know, and I was like, where we're have guilty we gone? of that. We're guilty of that. I mean, we yeah, I know. devoted that's five saying. straight that episodes the to we brought on forensic analysts to look at the pictures <laughs> with us. People who do body modification and body yeah. art, they were like, they're like, ah, oh, it's hard to tell. Like, what what would that be? And then what should Cuomo be wearing down there? Right. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then, but it also makes me ask the question, like, does our Democrats and Republicans leaving like, you know, money on the table by not electing or nominating hotter people <laughs> because it seems like America and the internet is desperate for somebody I mean, that was who they Canada's can want to fuck. With right. Tr Trudeau, like they were like, oh my right. God, Trudeau's so sexy. And then it was like, oh, Trudeau's incredibly bad and also racist. But, right. you know. I think, there, I, I think honestly, at the, when the thing that all of these people have in common is that they, they have perceived like values and they have a very clear like a philosophy that bends towards doing the right thing and what is just you know what mm. i mean because 
I think if anything, the people just need to run candidates that have a fucking spine, you right. know, like not to say Cuomo. I mean, but at the time, his whole thing was like, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to be like calm, steady leadership. And the singular goal is to do what's right for everybody. And so people were like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Mueller is like this guy. He can't be phased. He's in a singular pursuit of like what is right, I guess. And but people have many different views of what is, quote unquote, right in that sense. So there's like get Trump's ass because I hate him or whatever. Fauci, the same thing. He's like a scientist. He's a man of science. And he's like trying to do what's right to help everybody. And Zelensky is the same. They're like, you know, who wouldn't want a charismatic leader who's able to like rouse the people and unify them against like a common threat? And so you look at a lot of the people who like are politicians in the United States, like it's clear to everyone. Everyone's like no one like the ad- our attitudes towards our elected officials are like, I mean, yeah, they're going to say the right thing. Very few of them give a fuck. Right. So like whatever. So then the bar is really low when someone comes by and is like, actually, no, this is the right thing and we need to do it. And everyone's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right. this person's doing they're not a fucking, you know, an invertebrate who can just like, you know, mucus, mucus shapeshift out of the room and act like they weren't in there saying a bunch of other stuff to people. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And, you know, at the risk of making the world seem even worse, Dr. Oz, that's it. Just All right. Dr. <laughs> Oz. No, so he's he's running for the Republican Senate seat in Pennsylvania. And we had we checked in when he first announced his campaign. And now it's time to check in again because he was at CPAC this weekend, uh, the conservative Coachella. <laughs> along with other Republican Senate hopefuls looking to make a good impression. And he caught people's attention by, I mean, I don't know. There there was not really not anything noteworthy from, from CPAC. But what one his other strategy seems to have been tweeting that he wants to debate Fauci like over and over again. Oh, my God. Find a new personality already, Mehmet. Really? Yeah, he tweeted on Valentine's Day, hold on to your butts. Okay, holding. <laughs> at 9.11 a.m. So, mm. you know, do with that what you will. Hey, QAnon, do your Get into that numerology. Roses are red, violets are blue. Dr. Fauci lied to you. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone except Fauci! Exclamation point. That poem sucks, <sighs> bro. I hate, hate to tell you, but your your meter is all the way fucked. That's an insane thing to tweet. Like, you went out of your way. On Valentine's yeah. Day. Why? Who knows? To write and make a meme of Dr. Fauci. Like, let it go. And you're yeah. wrong. Like, I think he's jealous that people that some people said they wanted to fuck Fauci. And <laughs> nobody says yeah. that about Dr. Oz. And I, and I look and he's also he has the swag of someone who has no idea of the landscape and very narrowly is like around a bunch of idiotic. Yes, people who are like, you're kind of like the rights answer to Dr. Fauci because you're also doctor. So I think going head to head, you know, like a lot of people already are anti-Fauci. So I think that's a wave you could ride all the way to not the Senate. But go on, sir. Uh, uh, do your thing. But uh, it just it like it it just seems like do, why why are you trying to like dra- like draft off of this thing? Yeah. 
So the the other theme that he has, other than the well-thought-out and articulate fuck Fauci side of his campaign, is cancel culture. Mm, mm. So in his commercials, Oz claims that Republicans have been silenced too long, and he has been canceled, which, bro, you've had a syndicated daily TV show for 13 years. For like, so long. What canceled. the fuck are you talking canceled, about? Canceled, I say. Could anyone anywhere be less silenced? than Dr. Oz, somebody who spent 13 years until he chose to end his show to run for Senate. Right. Who who spent 13 years, like, giving out medically dubious advice to people and was allowed to do so because we live in a world where, like, profit and eyeballs is the only thing that matters. I mean, the only thing I could say that it makes sense to say we've been silenced is if you're just an outright racist, like, nativist like absolutely irre- irredeemable human being. And you're like, I haven't been able to say my racist shit out loud for too long now. I've been it's, silenced too long because society had evolved past this. His like, exam- his version of canceled is being criticized. That's Yeah, it. that's canceled. That's also critical race theory, Jack. That that's is the whole right. That's everybody <laughs> on that side of the is account Extra. accountability, right? Oh, now they're trying to cancel me. I just asked you a very straightforward question. What the fuck were you thinking with that Valentine's Day post? I just asked you if you believe in evolution. I, <laughs> God. My wife canceled me because I've been having an affair with her sister. Unbelievable. <laughs> cancel. It's just it's out of control now. So the one thing that he's glommed onto is the Philadelphia Inquirer. He he did. I'll just describe this ad he did where he's walking toward a camera, holding mm-hmm. up a copy of the Philadelphia Inquirer, like Harrison Ford in a movie where he's... <laughs> you ever notice he's always crumpling paper? My friend Justin Drums always <laughs> pointed that out. Harrison Ford loves to get a handful of papers and crumple it and oh. shake it in people's direction. Anyways. <laughs> is that his Is that his uh, Brad Pitt eating or Tom Hanks peeing? Yeah, it kind okay. of is. Like, he doesn't... I don't know that he, like, asks to put it in the in the script as much but as... If those he's, other- if he interacts with paper, the director's oh, like, you can, please don't crumple it. We already know. <laughs> you can damn well bet he's going to crumple it and it's going to look good. He's like, oh, you mean this John Quincy Adams? <laughs> he's like, that was the Constitution. It's one hand. He's waving it in one hand. <laughs> Get it out of here. Yeah. To just picture him saying, they switched switch the samples so you could have Provasic. <laughs> <laughs> the fugitive comes back. Yeah. Anyways. He's walking towards the camera. He says, the Philadelphia Inquirer had me on their front page as Dr. Oz. This morning, they just announced no more doctor, even though I'm a practicing physician. I'm taking care of patients. I've done thousands of heart surgeries. They don't want to call me doctor anymore. I won't be canceled. Mm. So, which, that, that feels like a completely fine thing for them to decide just on their own. But it was just actually a result of the paper style committee determining not to refer to candidates with doctor in their headlines. They right. did the same thing with a democratic candidate in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Who's I think uh, also running in that primary. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. like also running. They're like, they're a doctor. They didn't have a problem. They're not saying they got canceled. Right. Cause they're like, we don't want to somehow suggest that putting that like honorific would like, you know, maybe, tinge someone's idea of like how qualified they're like oh doctor huh as jm is always good at doing he's he's also uh checked the merch page for the dr oz campaign and they have a killer white tee 
with Oz's logo on the back. And Did you say kill Whitey? What's that? <laughs> Did you say kill Whitey? Did I say a uh, plain white tea? Didn't I? I'm, I'm killer white tea. Yeah, killer white tea. <laughs> a killer white tea. <laughs> you really like you said. I said plain white tea. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm sorry. More, more accurate also. More, more historically accurate. Killer white tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, the, the front of killer white tea says won't be canceled. Which is not not catchy at all, my man. Like we need we need some wordsmiths working for you. Don't you have like TV writers from your days having a TV show? But they then, probably were like, I will not work with him <laughs> outside of my job at Doctor Oz. And then he's also hitting the road, peddling his wares and campaign in sports bars and laser tag arcades. Um, yo, look. I I worked <laughs> I worked a few years in my youth at a very prominent laser did. arcade laser tag spot. I don't know who the fuck you think you're getting to uh, <laughs> at the laser tag spot, but okay, it's a very clearly poorly planned campaign, right? For a very lucky few, uh, he will give people a blood pressure reading. Which oh is, my! It's just that. so poorly thought through, like. They're like, step right up and put on this cuff and Dr. Oz will read numbers off a dial. Wild. And not surprisingly, he might be the better candidate of the two Republicans. The other guy is super well-funded by American oligarchs. He is kind of an oligarch himself, a former huge hedge fund CEO who's worked worked in the uh, George W. Bush administration. Uh, currently married to Goldman Sachs executive and former Trump deputy national security advisor, Dina pa- Dina Powell. <laughs> so the the bona fides there, pretty great. And McCormick, the, the other dude is desperately trying to get the MAGA crowd on his side, recently made headlines for a commercial featuring the Let's Go Brandon chant that played during the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Two great options cool. for the people of Pennsylvania. I also, yeah, like when you the little um, upon further review, campaign advisors Hope Hicks and Stephen Miller. Okay, nice. yeah, that's kind of the that's that's the key point that I skipped over there. Hope Hicks and Stephen Miller can't oh. can't really bounce back from having intentionally hiring Stephen Miller. Like that's no, as we lovingly call him, Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils. Teenage oh. Mutant <laughs> Ninja Gerbils. Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils. All right. Well, you know, good luck to them both. <laughs> and by that, bad luck to you both. And, and by that, we mean, yeah. I, I hope it, hope it goes the opposite for you. Yeah. Hoping for the opposite. But Becca, you were saying you're a huge Dr. Oz fan. Oh, my God. So... Of course. Uh, <laughs> Oprah stars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Questionable. Damn. Everyone Oprah's put on TV. What? <laughs> what was this shit with Dr. Phil recently? Wasn't there like uh, some revelations that he's a just horrible they're all bad there's a lot of people she's put on tv that you're like oprah it's like the dark like horse in oprah's closet you're like oh yeah oprah champion you know like pillar of the black community like the oprah but then you're like she's put a lot of questionable people on tv (laughs) yeah what about iyanla is she okay you know i don't know i haven't looked into it but i can't imagine Come on, Iyanla Van Zandt. I can't imagine she's okay. <laughs> I can't imagine she's can't okay. can't imagine she hasn't killed at least a couple people since last we paid attention. 
Also, super producer Anna Hosnier is re- revealing that oh. Yanla and Oprah have, are beefing. Okay, so, so maybe, maybe Yanla's okay. okay then. Yeah, could be. <laughs> I Yanla fix my life. That's just my the, my favorite title of a TV show because it was so in your face. It was like fix my life. <laughs> really, <laughs> that really kind of makes the uh, Yanla character very very powerful. I love that. <laughs> well, Becca, as always, such a pleasure having you on TDZ. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? It was so much fun to be in the seat this time. But uh, you can find me and follow me at Bex Ramos, B-E-C-C-S-R-A-M-O-S, on all platforms, but I'm primarily on Instagram. So Twitter scares me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very normal response. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? I do actually have a tweet, though, because the only reason I'm on Twitter now is because I work the show. I mean, I've had a Twitter. I just don't use it unless I'm looking for stuff for the show. But uh, my very, very funny friend, Joanne, tweeted, which I think is appropriate for, uh, you know, it's Ash Wednesday. You know, it's technically a religious time. Joanne and Mm -hmm. I are both not religious people. (laughs) They tweeted, Fuck, just spent 40 days and 40 nights praying to the wrong God. Um, so. <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Yeah, at Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E, Suk, S-U-K. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, man. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, talking 90 Day and Married at First Sight, all that. Uh, so come by for that. Some tweets that I like. First one is from Matt XIV at Matt XIV on Twitter. It says, choose your fighter. And it's two screen caps. First is from Taylor Swift updates. It says update. As most of you know, I haven't been very active in the past couple of months because I was in prison. I'm back now, though. More Taylor Swift updates coming soon. Someone <laughs> said, OMG, why? They replied, I refuse to join the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, LMAO. Wow. Then the other the other uh, visual is at Gaga Daily. Sorry about the lack of updates. Got arrested at a Ukraine-Russia war protest in Moscow. Who's excited to see Lady Gaga at the SAG Awards tonight? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so What a time to be alive. Based Shit. fandoms. Damn. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they were on the right side of that protest. There, there can't be that many protests. Yeah, and you're in Moscow. Like, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going too hard on the pro-Putin stuff. We got to put you in the We got to put you in the box real quick. And then uh, one more tweet is from Molly Lambert. At Molly Lambert tweeted, shout out to the older gentleman who saw me smoking a bowl and said, old school, I like it. Fuck vaping. <laughs> Fuck vaping. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Couple tweets I've been enjoying. Corey, parentheses, Harvard graduate at cool math game underscore tweeted the Riddler. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Batman. <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of you and put you in jail. <laughs> uh, the answer, by the way, because I was when I saw that and laughed and then I was like, wait, what is it? The answer to the riddle. <laughs> you guys know that one? No, it's nothing. Poor people have nothing. Oh. Rich people need nothing. If you eat nothing, you die. Um, wow. So don't let the Riddler get you. <laughs> and then uh, Zach. Did you, Google, did you ever Google They're Like, what's something that poor people, just for the answer? No. As Is it in the movie? In the comments, ax, 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 and replied 
immediately with the answer. Yeah. Or not immediately, but it was the first response. And I don't know if it's in the movie. The reviews, I'm still, I'm intrigued, baby. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch I mean, the shit I'm gonna out of that see it at some point in the next three weeks. Robert Pattinson's involved. I gotta see it. Bobby he's so wacky. Yeah, he <laughs> you looks like a big very unhappy rich boy. And yeah, I mean, I was, was a, I was a little Twihart, you know. Oh, I was okay, a big Twilight girl. Um, I also just like that he's so weird. Like mm-hmm. an article just came out. I forgot by who. I was just looking at it that pulled all the times he's lied in press junkets. Just like, I think there's like over 30 different in his entire span of his career since like Harry Potter to now, like all the different weird shit that he's just lied about on public Ooh. press. Say, um, we're going to talk about that. We're talking about that tomorrow. You said Daniel Radcliffe? No, Robert Pattinson. Wait, Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter? Yes. Are All you right. kidding me? Sorry, we're gonna have He's to start the show over. <laughs> Who is he? He's, He's heartthrob like in hot uh, movie uh, Goblet of Fire. I was about to say movie number four. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert! No, I'm, um, I, I, I honestly, I don't Cedric know shit Diggory. about Harry He's Potter. He's Cedric Diggory in uh, Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter movie number four, book number four. He don't that make was it his either. debut. Yeah, He's super hot. He doesn't make it, right? He's he gets no. He got. doesn't. He dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert, like, like a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. As if, if at first it was the lack of people of color that kept me from watching it. And now you're telling me that Robert Pattinson dies? <laughs> this fool loves to die and stuff, as we know from. Hey, <laughs> from, a, I can just see you in a movie theater. Me. You go to the person next to you in the theater. Dude, this guy just loves to die and stuff, huh? <laughs> <laughs> sure, what? All right, never mind. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the film. Zach Silberberg also tweeted, Bro, come quick. David just played some kind of secret chord, and the Lord is pleased AF. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, those are my two tweets. So that's Zach Silberberg. That's C-H at the end of Zach. Come quick. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what's the song that we think these listeners might enjoy? Uh, let's go out on a track from, you know, another native of the San Fernando Valley, Flying Lotus. Off his first album, one of his first published albums, and it's not on Spotify because the label that, like, put it out, like, is just, I don't know, refusing to put it on Spotify. You can find it other places like YouTube. But this track is called 1983. It's such a good instrumental track. It feels like, I don't even know. It's it's just a, it's like a wonderful instrumental track. And I think it serves as a very good gateway into other Flying Lotus work. But yeah, 1983, Flying Lotus. Fast, what does the year 1983 make you think of? Uh, the year before I was born. Becca? Uh, <laughs> Richard I Nixon? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Did you say Greece? <laughs> no, I was going to say the band. The 19- oh, is that the 1970s? Oh, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the one that does that? the Tastes Like Chocolate yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole decade. <laughs> it's funny to me how... Like, I have a very clear demarcation of the, the difference between 80s, 90s, and 70s, but it all bleeds together for 
the, the younger folks. Okay, I I just don't like being on the spot. I have a soft spot for lots of 80s movies in my little emo phase. I was a big John Hughes head, and I watched every John Hughes movie. So I do. Oh, I, I didn't know you were anything Hughes head. Blurry. Okay. Yeah, I used to love all of them. But okay. Okay. now, as someone who likes to be a film, I don't know, I like to watch film now. In a more enlightened way, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of problems with a lot of these movies from the 80s, but mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. I think I think of, like, E.T. or one of the Star Wars movies, but, like, I don't even think any of them came out in 1983. But I think of, like, people with Luke Skywalker hair. That's what I picture. <laughs> oh, right, the hairstyles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then everyone was a surfer in the 90s. All right, we'll go check that shit out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.